excited when I think about the rapture. Come on now. But the way I read it, the rapture is an instantaneous event. We're, we're transformed. We're changed. Mortal becomes immortal. Death puts on life. Sickness is healed. All of that takes place in an instant. And we go to heaven. But that's not where we're going to stay. <laughs> Come on now. We're, we're going to ride back accompanied by the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we're going to take authority. Hallelujah. When Tony began to play this song, the Spirit of the Lord began to prick my spirit. I came prepared to share something else with you this morning. But we're going to go another direction. I told my wife and her only response was, Lord, help us. <laughs> but honey, I believe he is. Come on, if you have your Bible, go with me to the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 24. Remain standing. We're just going to read a few verses of Scripture. Matthew chapter 24. Tony, be prepared with that song once again at the end of the service, if Absolutely. you would, my friend. As you turn, let me say, Wanda and I are so thankful for the opportunity to be here with you in Pulaski this morning. I'm always humbled and honored by any opportunity to bring the Word of God. But to stand before folks that I have comfort with. Come on. Amen. I, I'm just glad to be here. I think God ordained for us to be here. I believe God ordained for Pastor Travis Gore and his family to be in Stafford this morning. I believe God's going to use him to bring the word there. But I believe by divine appointment. I don't, I don't think this was just a calendar date. But I believe God has brought me here by divine appointment this morning. I want to share with you, starting Matthew chapter 24, verse 27. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there the eagles, some translations say vultures, will be gathered together. Now notice what takes place, starting verse 29. Immediately after the tribulation of those days let me interject something here I'm a pre-tribulational believing preaching minister of the gospel I don't believe the church is going to have to survive half of the tribulation I don't believe the church is going to be on the earth for the entirety of the tribulation I believe the rapture of the church sets the things in motion so that those seven years of tribulation take place while we are celebrating the marriage supper of the Lamb. The scripture says here, immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven and the powers of the king of the heavens will be shaken. Then... After the tribulation, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. At the rapture, he's not seen by the world. At the rapture, 
He's not seen by those who aren't looking for him. But on this occasion, the scripture is very clear. All the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He'll send his angels with the great sound of a trumpet. They'll together hit, gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Church, I believe that we are not far removed from the starting of the clock on the end of times. I believe that Jesus Christ could come and rapture the church any time. I believe that the trumpet sound could be blasted in the eastern sky and the church could be emptied this morning. I believe it could take place very soon. I, I, the way I, and I'm, I'm not a, a, a huge student of end times, but what I do know is this, that things seem to be in order for His coming. And when he comes, he's coming in the clouds to receive the church. I want to be ready. But this morning I want to talk to you about what takes place when those of us who are raptured away return with him. Would you look at your neighbor and say, it's going to be a great day. It's going to be a great day. I'm not, I'm not talking so much about today. I believe today's going to be a good day, but I believe the day when we come back to earth is going to be a great day. Hallelujah. And you may be seated this morning. We live in a day and a time where events and current news items could shake our faith if our faith was not established in the one who is unshakable. We live in a day and a time where our fear could be overwhelming if we did not serve the God who conquers all fear. You see, we, this week, in the, in the past 168 hours since we gathered for worship last Sunday morning, there are events that have taken place that could cause us to step back and say, Lord, you're ready to come. Threats of nuclear holocaust. Threats of continental level destruction. Wars being threatened and from the, from the northern parts of Asia to the tips of South America Governments are being shaken and threats are being delivered. But then yesterday, a mere 120 miles or so from where I live, the nation was met with the news of a battle between extremists. Extremists on opposite ends of the spectrum that resulted in violence and, and death. And, and I tell you, my friend, when, when these things begin to be commonplace, we as the church must begin to cry out, even so come quickly, Lord Jesus. You see, the rapture of the church 
is the event that we hear preached about probably more than the second coming. Now, I'm just going to give you a little insight here. When I say second coming, I'm not talking about the rapture. They're two different events. The second coming is when Jesus Christ comes back to earth. The rapture, he comes in the clouds. And I'm looking forward to the rapture, but the rapture isn't the fulfillment of my Christian walk. The rapture isn't the fulfillment of all of my spiritual journey. You see, at the rapture, he comes in the air, but his second coming will mean that he returns to earth. At the rapture, saints go to be with Christ, but at the second coming, saints will return to earth with Christ. At the rapture, we're transformed from this body into our glorified body. But at the second coming, we will return to this earth to rule and to reign, to establish the kingdom of God. And the effect of the rapture is the glorification of the saints, but the effect of the second coming is that all of sin will be destroyed. Now you see, when we're raptured, we're taken out of this sinful world. But at the second coming, we return to bring dominion of heavenly authority and sin is eradicated. I want to share some things with you about the second coming this morning that I believe should encourage you. First of all, I want to share with you this. Jesus is coming back, and I touched on this, but I want to emphasize it. Jesus is coming back visibly. In the words that we read in Matthew, Jesus' own words, he says all are going to see. But if you move forward into the book of Revelation, in the 19th chapter of the book of Revelation, verse number 11, John in his heavenly vision says, I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. He who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. When John caught this revelation, he saw the rider of the white horse and he was riding from the clouds on his way back to heaven. You see Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 7, John says, Behold, he's coming with clouds and every man will see him and they who pierced him and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen. Yesterday, as Violence began to break out on the streets of Charlottesville. It was beamed instantaneously to homes across this nation. When those events began to take place, satellite uplinks and downlinks provided an opportunity for everybody with an internet connection to be able to be a front row witness to what was taking place. You see, I grew up in a day and a time where you had to wait until 6.30 every evening to get your news from one of three sources and you had to depend upon somebody's verbal analysis very seldom did you get a live feed from somewhere else they were dependent upon tape delay they were dependent upon somebody giving an account but now now in our day and in our time even referenced by this service this morning being live streamed to anybody who would want to see it I tell you we live in a technology 
infested day and time and there is an opportunity that every person can see the events. When John saw in the revelation the rider of the white horse coming, he said everyone will see him. I believe it to be true. I think that there is coming a day when the church will return from its heavenly feast and we will come back to heaven and the earth will be shaken. But I would submit to you that when Jesus stood there on the Mount of Olives with his followers and he was caught up into heaven and the angels who stood above them said this same Jesus who went away is coming back. I want to tell you that I believe it's true that Jesus Christ who ascended is going to again descend and when he descends every eye will see and every eye will behold. I want to tell you today that Jesus is coming back visibly. That first verse I read to you from Matthew chapter 24 verse number 27 says for as lightning flashes from the east to the west. It's a quick event but when lightning flashes you know it. Anybody ever laid in the bed at night and the house is completely dark? There's not a night light on. There's not, there's not a glimmer of light anywhere. You've tried to make it as dark as possible. But when the lightning flashes across the sky, your, your house is lit up as if spotlights from heaven above were shining down on it. That light doesn't stick around. But there is a flash and you know it takes place. When Jesus Christ comes on his second coming, there's going to be a powerful event. And when he comes, all of the world is going to take notice every eye will see every ear is going to behold could I tell you that there would be no purpose for Jesus going back to heaven if he did not fulfill the promise to return to earth again everything God does has a purpose when Jesus died upon the cross Shedding blood so that we might be saved from sins. That was not the end of the story. When Jesus Christ rose from the grave on the third day. And he left behind an empty tomb as a witness to those who would come. That was not the end of the story. When the church is raptured away. And all of the saints from this earth and those who have died and gone on are taken up before those of us who are alive and remain. That's not going to be the end of the story. There's still more yet to come. You see, the world is groaning. I remember as a child, we used to sing a song. All the earth is groaning, crying. For that day of sweet release, when our blessed Lord shall come to earth again. You see, I believe when Jesus Christ comes, the groaning, the crying, the sin, all of those things, they're going to come under authority. Why? Because we will be able to conquer the 
root of sin and Satan will be defeated. Jesus, who came to earth as God in the flesh, will return to this earth as God in charge. His disciples asked him before he went to heaven, is this the time where you're going to establish the kingdom? He said, it's not for you to know. It's only for my Father which is in heaven to know. But I tell you this, the day is coming when the heavenly Father will say, that's enough. Jesus go gather the church and then that stopwatch is put into play and that timetable begins to move forward and there will come this event that I'm talking about the visible return of Jesus Christ back to the earth to lead his church in that final victory but not only is Jesus coming back visibly Jesus is coming back victoriously Continuing in Revelation 19, I read to you verse 11, but now follow in verse 12 and forward. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Hello. Anybody get a little chill bump right there? The armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. That's you and me. Oh, you're not hearing me this morning. The armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, were riding back to earth with Jesus Christ. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations. He himself will rule them with an iron rod. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. You see, when you read Revelation 19 in this account of the second coming, you can see how drastically different it is, that it is from his first coming. When Jesus Christ came the first time, he came to bear a cross. When he comes the second time, he's wearing crowns on his head. When Jesus Christ came the first time, he came to die upon a tree. But when he comes for this second time, he's coming to sit upon a throne. When Jesus came the first time, he came to stood before, before to stand before Pilate. But when he comes again, Pilate will stand before him. When he came the first time, he came in shame, Isaiah said. But when he comes this second time, he's coming in splendor. When he came the first time, he came to redeem but when he comes again he's coming to rule and to reign when he came the first time he was a servant but when he returns the second time he will be the sovereign I tell you today my friend that Jesus is coming in victory he's coming to conquer he's coming to rule and reign notice the names that are ascribed to him in Revelation chapter 19 first of all faithful and true Jesus always keeps his word. 
He said to his disciples, if I go away, I will come again. He said to his disciples, if I go away, I'll not leave you comfortless. I will send you another comforter. He did so. He told his disciples, I will empower you. He did so. And I tell you this morning that if he said he will come again, his words can be taken to the bank even more so than Douglas MacArthur's words can be taken to the bank. You can know that if Jesus said, I shall return, he shall return. And the day is quickly approaching when he shall return. Notice his name, faithful and true. He is always faithful and true. But then the text goes on a little further and said there was also written a name which no one knew except himself. I'm learning more and more in my life about Jesus. I'm learning more and more about him. I want to know more about him, but there's no way that I can learn it all. No classroom can teach me enough about Jesus. No textbook can give me a revelation that is full about Jesus. I am still learning things. Anybody still learning some things about Jesus? There's some things about Jesus that remain a mystery. And even in Revelation chapter 19 as he comes on this second coming, there's some qualities about Jesus. Catch this if you will. There's some things about Jesus that we don't know yet oh hallelujah we know him as healer we know him as deliverer we know him as savior but we will see him in ways that we've never experienced before Isaiah said it this way in chapter 55 and verse number 8 his ways are above our ways his thoughts are above our thoughts and even past finding out you see Today, we can be guilty of watering God down. We want to simplify Him. But God is omnipotent. God is above all things. Yes, He he takes the, the, the wise things and makes them simple. But God is a God who is beyond figuring out. When He comes in victory... He's coming to conquer completely and totally. The 19th chapter, the 13th verse of Revelation says, He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And His name, first of all, we saw faithful and true. Then there was the mystery name, but notice this. His name is called the Word of God. You remember what John said as he opened his gospel in the beginning? was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. You see, Jesus didn't come to earth on Christmas Day in the manger. That was His human appearance. But all through the Old Testament you can see that He has been active. He's been at work. He was revealing himself. He was showing himself when he came on that first Christmas in the manger. The world who was there saw him. Magi from afar saw his star and followed it and came and worshipped. The shepherds who were in the field heard the heavenly choir and they were led to the place where the baby was born. But not everybody saw and understood. But he came as this one who was the word of God. We are 
so blessed today to have the collection of scriptures that we know as the Bible so that we can know what some of the words of Jesus were. But I am so thankful that I serve a God who still reveals himself to me, who still drops his word into my spirit. As I stood on that front row about 20 minutes ago, the spirit of the Lord gripped my heart and said, you're not going to speak what you thought you were going to speak. And I said, yes, Lord, I will do what you tell me to do. I tell you today that Jesus Christ, his word is still true. But not only that, look at the 16th verse. And he has on his robe and on his thigh another name. And it's the name King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Kim Jong-un or whatever his name is in North Korea is not going to be King of Kings. Barack Obama, Donald Trump or no one else is going to be Lord of Lords. That title is reserved for one. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. He is the one who will be revealed on this day. I tell you there have been folks through history who have tried to establish themselves as world ruler. Alexander. Napoleon. Hitler. Saddam. Caesar. History is riddled with folks who thought they could rule the world. But there is only one who will rule the entire world. And his name is Jesus. There's no gun. There's no tank. There's no nuclear weapon that has ever been created that will be able to destroy the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Because why? Because he's coming in victory. He's coming visibly. But notice the 28th verse of Matthew 24 in our text. Notice this. He's also coming back with a vengeance. Wherever the carcass is, there the eagles will be gathered together. As I told you when I originally read this, some translations, most English translations, render this as vultures or birds of prey. And an eagle is a bird of prey. But when, when Jesus comes back on that white horse, He's not coming in peace. He's not coming to negotiate. He's not coming to make a deal. He is coming to destroy Satan and sin. There's going to be a battle. A battle that we know through prophetic utterance will take place in the valley of Armageddon. And at this battle, hundreds of millions will gather together. It will be a battle that has never yet been seen before. I don't have time to go into it in great detail, but John in, in the Revelation describes the bloodbath that will take place. Revelation 14 and 20 says the wine press was trampled outside the city and blood came out of the wine press up to the horse's bridles for 1,600.
100 furlongs. I don't know about you, but my Honda doesn't measure furlongs. It measures miles. So I did a little calculation, and that's 200 miles. That's a lot of blood. When Jesus comes back riding this white horse, there's going to be devastation beyond human ability to know. Revelation chapter 19, I read to you early, earlier. The 17th verse talks about the birds, the blood, the carnage. So incredible that it will keep scavenger birds like crows and vultures and ravens and eagles. They, they will gorge themselves. You see, when, when that day comes, we, riding on those, those white horses, accompanying the faithful and true, accompanying the word of God, accompanying the one who is king of kings and lord of lords. That's why we can be glad and rejoice. Earlier in Revelation 19, the writer says this, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory. For the marriage of the Lamb is come, his bride has made herself ready, and to her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen and clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to to me right blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the lamb blessed are those who are caught away in the rapture blessed are those who hear the trumpet blast and come to meet him in the air these are the true sayings of God why are we blessed because we will evade the vengeful hand of God that's going to come to this earth there is coming a day when that white horse returns back and the rider of that horse fights the battle although we're riding in his army we won't fight the battle we will be a front row witness to the great mighty conquering that is going to take place we will be there to witness it we are not going to have to unsheathe the sword but the son of God is going to be victorious because of the vengeance that is going to come forth on that day the antichrist and the false prophet do not get to pass go do not get to take another turn they will be defeated they will be destroyed on that day Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 10. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are they'll be tormented day and night forever and forever you see on that day, the battle that will be fought is going to be fought in a way that the world has never seen a battle fought before. The, the rider of the white horse is going to come, and when he comes, the armies of the world will be confounded, Sister B. They won't know how to fight a battle like this. And we're going to ride back with him. I, I remember I preached a series of messages the last church I pastored from the book of Revelation. And, and, and I got the idea for the last message. I found a farm in Virginia Beach where a lady had a white horse. I said, I want to rent your horse on a Sunday morning. She was an unbeliever and she was interested in money. 
So she said, well, for the right price, you can rent him. So we agreed on a price. I didn't tell a soul in the church except my wife. And all she prayed was, Lord, keep the carpet clean. <laughs> I didn't know much about horse, still don't. But God gave us a miracle that day. Then I, I preached the sermon, and I talked about the, the rider on the white horse. And, and I told the lady, I said, now, if I rent your horse, I'm going to dress you up in a costume. She said, well, okay. So about the time I hit the right spot, they opened a couple of doors over here, and in walked a white horse, the most beautiful white steed I have ever seen. And she was a masterful rider. She rode that horse down. The, the sanctuary laid out very similar to this. She rode right down this aisle right here. She brought that horse across the front. She stopped front and center. And she, I had, had, uh, had given her a, a costume that had faithful and true and king of kings. had everything. She had crown and, so, and, and the places. They're, they're, they're watching all this. And, and I said to them, what you see here this morning is not even the beginning of what will be experienced on that day. You see, we saw the beauty of the white horse and the rider, and she, she walked that horse out of the sanctuary, and we, we celebrated our, our time in the altar. But, but I tell you, when Jesus comes, he's not coming so we can stand and cheer. He's coming so that he can take Satan, and he'll be bound. Now, at that battle, he's not destroyed. And time doesn't permit me to go into all the detail, but he is bound for a season, Brother Kenny. And during that season, oh, hallelujah, the beauty of God's reign upon the earth. Satan will be bound for a thousand years. We'll rule and reign in this earth without the hindrance of sin. But then, Satan is unleashed for but a season. And then he meets his final destruction. For he is cast into the lake of fire and brimstone forever and forever. Church, I tell you, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rapture. I, I'm ready for the rapture. But the rapture is just the beginning of my journey. The rapture is just the start of the army I'm going to go through seven years of basic training. That's the way I see it. And basic training is eating at the marriage supper of the Lamb. In my opinion, the marriage supper of the Lamb is going to have unlimited lima beans. Cooked in ham. Mm, hallelujah. I don't know... I, you know, with the transformation of flesh into spirit, I, I don't know, but I just got to believe there's going to be lima beans there. But I'm not going to the feast. The feast is but a blip on the radar. We, we can't begin to imagine a life that's not inhibited by sin and its influence. We can't comprehend that because ever since Adam and Eve disobeyed God, sin has run rampant in the earth. But on that day, 
when faithful and true, King of kings, Lord of lords, mystery name, word of God, when he comes and the battle is fought and won, the earth will be changed, transformed. Tony, would you come? Praise team, if you could come. I want us to sing that song one more time. As we prepare to sing it, I want you... with him you want to be a part of the army that's accompanying the rider of the white horse there's only one way to do that and that's to be taken away in the rapture in order to be taken away in the rapture you have to have your heart right with God I want you to stand across this building this morning as you stand I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes if you're here today And you would say, I'm not ready if the Lord should come in the clouds. I'm not ready for the rapture. But I want to be. I want to be ready for the rapture. I want to be ready for the Lord to come in the clouds and catch me away. If that's you today, and you would say, I want to make Jesus Christ Lord of my life. Would you lift up your hand real high so I can see? Amen. Amen. Is there another? Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Church, I tell you this morning, God's going to prepare the army in part of the enlistment process is making a confession and saying, Lord, wash my heart. If you raised your hand this morning, I want you in your own words right now, right where you are, if you raised your hand this morning, I want you to pray, Father, forgive me for my sin. Make me ready. It's a simple prayer. I'm not going to script something for you. I'm not going to tell you exactly what to say. But if you will express that thought, that idea to Jesus Christ and the Heavenly Father right now, forgive me for my sin, He will do it. He will do it right now. It only takes a moment. If you prayed that prayer just now, you are part of the army that's going to ride back. Hallelujah. 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 Church, give Him praise this morning for some new enlistments in the army of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, the scripture said he had fire in his eyes, a sword in his hand, and he's riding on a white horse. Come on, amen. You see, when Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he was, he was torn, his spirit was torn as he said, Father, not my will but yours. On this day, he's not torn. When he leads the army of the Lord back, he's not torn. He knows exactly what he's doing. The very last chapter of the Bible, Revelation chapter 22, the very next to last verse, verse number 20, Revelation 22, 20, he who testifies to these things says, Surely... I am coming quickly.
That's Jesus. Jesus says, I'm coming quickly. I believe it could take place, the rapture, any day. I told you that. But I'm also eager to come back to this earth and rule and reign. Tony, would you sing as we sing? I want you to just lift your hand. I want you to celebrate. I want you to give God thanks because we're going to ride in that great army on that day.